We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday, June 8th, and today is Meet My Friend Friday. So I've got a friend on today who I think is really going to encourage you. I want to let you guys know I am in Richmond, Virginia for the Heave Convention. So if you're anywhere in the Richmond area, come on out. I'd love to hug your neck. I've met a whole bunch of you. This is the last uh, this will be my last appearance for the speaking season. So I kind of have a little bit of senioritis. So you guys can come up and give me a hug and say, keep on going. You only got three more days. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited about that. So I hope you guys are going to be encouraged by my friend Beth today. And uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about family and whether or not family is worth fighting for. So stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So today is Meet My Friend Friday, and I have a brand new friend on the podcast with me today. My friend Beth Vogt is an author. She writes fiction. She's a mother of four children. Actually, they're not children. They're almost, they're all pretty much all adults now. And she has a brand new book out called Things I Never Told You. And I heard about this book from my friends over at Tyndale, and I was intrigued by it because she's talking about family and some of the things in family that we don't often talk about, but we need to. So Beth, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I've been looking forward to spending time with you. You write fiction, right? This is this is the genre that you write in. It looks like your books are doing pretty good. You got the Christie Award in 2016. Bravo. I, I started out writing nonfiction and then I came over to the dark side and now, yes, I'm writing fiction. I've been enjoying writing fiction. Uh, and so you described things I never told you as little women uh, gone wrong with a this is us feel, which makes me want to cry already. So without giving too much away, can you tell us a little bit about the title and why you described it this way? Things I never told you is the story of the Thatcher sisters, four sisters, and it opens 10 years after the death of one of the sisters and how that family has been affected by that tragedy. And it deals with the question, um, is family worth fighting for? And all of my books have a story question like that, a question that is not easily answered with a yes or no, because some people might hear that question, is family worth fighting for? And they would automatically say, of course, yes, family is worth fighting for. 
But someone else might hear that question and go, my family? No, it's not worth fighting for. So there's a struggle there emotionally with that question. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of families that are listening to this who are going through, they've experienced trauma or crisis or tragedy, or maybe um, there has been a sin issue in the family. And you talk a lot about communication and how it and how it can help keep your family from actually just breaking apart. And you and I, before we started uh, recording, we were talking about the dangers of burying family secrets and keeping secrets. And I know that I talked to, there was a mom in particular a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she came up to me after a, a workshop that I had been teaching. And she was talking about a family secret in her family and how she and her husband had decided not to tell their children who were in their teen years but that, but what happened was it was really keeping reconciliation. It was keeping the the the, uh, the parents struggle for reconciliation a secret from their children and actually undermining their relationship. So, as you talk about relationships uh, in the book, when you th- when you think about complicated relationships like marriages and things that happen behind closed doors and we don't talk about, my thing and I always say this on the podcast is that Satan loves an isolated target. And I think secrets make you an isolated target. What do you say to the to the um, mom or the dad who's listening to this right now, and they're dealing with something, but they don't want to talk about it, and so they keep it. They keep themselves isolated. What What do you say to that couple? The first thing that comes to mind is a is a quote um, that says, "Nothing makes us so lonely as our secrets," and what you said about how isolating secrets are. That is so true. When I have a secret, it separates me from you, Um, especially within the context of a family. Often when there's a family secret, it's really something that I know that someone in the Someone else in the family should know that secret also, but because I'm keeping it to myself, it then separates me from you. So let's say, for example, Heidi, you and I are in the same family. Let's say you and I are sisters and there's a secret that I'm keeping from you that automatically separates me from you and that alters the dynamic within the family. And Families are meant for closeness. Families are meant for intimacy and close relationships. And when you have a secret and I know something you should know also, what you've done is you've separated and broken the healthy dynamic within a family. And that's the danger of secrecy within a family. Mm. It's really true. And I, I can think of lots of relationships, including relationships in my own life over the years where we keep, you know, we keep a secret for whatever reason. And, uh, I remember telling my husband probably 15 years ago, we were walking through something similar to this. And I said, you know what? I always, whenever the communication stops, uh, the person who stopped communicating is doing something they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Like, you know, we notice this with adult children. We notice this in relationships with siblings. We see it in marriages. You know, whenever we stop, whenever that clear eyed communication isn't there anymore, it's typically because somebody's doing something that they don't want you to hear about. And that does, it drives a wedge 
uh, between those two people. So how so how do you approach it? Let's say someone's listening to this and they're going, man, the communication between me and my spouse is really rotten or the communication between me and my siblings uh, for whatever reason seems like it's stilted. And you and you're wondering in your spirit if something is is going on. How do you are are you encouraging? Uh, I'm assuming that you're encouraging these families uh, to start talking to each other. How do you bring up the really hard things? Changing a culture of secrecy within a family is difficult. I think that's the first thing you have to acknowledge. But I also think you have to acknowledge that a culture of secrecy is exhausting. Um, and so you're trading exhaustion, trying to maintain the secrecy. You're, you're trading that exhaustion for healthiness. So acknowledging, okay, this is going to take hard work, but there is a benefit, healthiness, honesty, you're, you're working towards something. So understanding that it is work, it is going to take effort, but there's a benefit. So first acknowledging that we're, we're working for something better than what we have. And, and then understanding that there will probably be resistance. You may be choosing honesty but not everyone will necessarily want that honesty. And you have to understand that. Then you have to choose to continue to fight for honesty, even if there's resistance. So what does that look like? Well, for example, in my own life, I was the one in my family that chose to go for honesty. There was a secret in my family and I stood up and spoke truth and there was definite resistance. And I had to decide, was I going to stand for the truth, even if no one stood with me? And unfortunately, I was the only one in my family that stood for the truth. I could have either backed down or continue to stand up and say, this is the truth. And it's lonely to be the only one speaking the truth. You, you're not responsible for anyone else's reactions. Their reactions don't change the truth. So sometimes speaking the truth can be lonely, but that doesn't change the truth. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think sometimes uh, when we're in the middle of a crisis or we're in the middle of a tragedy that's threatening to tear the family apart, the last thing we want to do is communicate about the truth because it's so difficult to talk about it, right? So I think it's okay to say this is hard. This is a hard thing to talk about. And the Bible calls us to speak the truth in love. So if we're going to be communicating truth, we have to do it in love. And so if if you and I are in a situation, and I think all of us can, right? Because we're, we're all just broken. We're not perfect, right? And uh, and trying to deal with things that are difficult in families. I think the enemies after families, I talk about this all the time over here at the podcast, talking about how uh, families are under attack, marriages are under attack, and truth is under attack in the culture right now. Truth is, is in the crosshairs, but there's a right way and a wrong way to communicate truth. So when you when you're talking to a person or you're uh, you're trying to counsel a mom or a dad who's struggling with with coming to terms with 
either a secret or just trying to to um, heal from an illness, like even something like breast cancer. Um, how do you? How can you uh, counsel someone to walk tenderly into a topic that they know uh, is going to be painful to talk about? Because we don't want to just go crashing in there like a bull in a china closet, right? We want to be able to bring these things up and and stand for truth, but we got to do it with grace and with love. What do you say to the parents? who are listening to this right now and they're facing a difficult thing and they know they need to talk about it. How do we approach the people that, that we want to have these honest relationships with and we want there to be reconciliation? First, I think it's done prayerfully and you, you do it with love. But I also think when you're dealing with the issue of truth, we, we are loving towards ourself. It, it was, Caring for myself when I spoke up truth for myself, but I also have to be loving towards the other members of my family. I cannot demand that they rally around me or support me. I speak my truth and then I have to step back. I can't demand that they support me. I can ask that they respect me. I, I can put up a respectful boundary for myself, but I cannot demand that their reactions be everything that I want them to be. I, I think one of the things you do when you speak truth is your security net, your safety net won't necessarily always be the people that you expect them to be. You have to choose your safety net wisely. And when you speak truth into a family, Sometimes it will be those family members or sometimes it will be a safety net of trusted friends that will support you. If, if family can't immediately support you when you're speaking truth into family, you know, sometimes when we're, when we're speaking truth into family and there's a crisis, sometimes that crisis could be when we're speaking truth about alcoholism or abuse or, or things like that. And, it can, it can wreak havoc in a family when we're speaking that kind of truth. And so we have to allow the time for the family to heal from that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And you have written about this, right? Family is very central to the plot of your novel, Things I Never Told You. And I think many are going to probably recognize some aspect of their own family life in the character. So as we sort of wrap up the podcast today, what is it that you hope that readers are going to take away from being immersed in the drama and imperfections of the Thatcher family in things I never told you. I hope that readers see themselves in the relationships between the Thatcher sisters. The Thatcher sisters are very complicated relationships. There's a push pull dynamic where there's family closeness and we know each other so well, but we also have to give each other the freedom to grow up and be individuals. And so we have those family traditions. We have those family memories that we love each other. We know each other. But then as we grow up and become individuals and we make our own lives, where is that freedom to separate from one another and to be individuals. There's that balance of, yes, we're family, but we also grow up and become independent of one another. And where's the balance of walking that out? 
Mm. In the novel, you talk about this. It kind of brings to light for the characters and the reader some of the challenges that we face as we do that, right? Is that we grow and we sort of separate and come into our own families and we have our own uh, our own marriages and our own separate family units. How does your story help readers untangle their own family dynamics? So someone's struggling with something. How can reading about uh, the Thatcher family in Things I Never Told You help them sort of unpack and untangle some of the stuff that's going on in their own home? I try to write about real life in my stories. And so in Things I Never Told You, you will find threads of faith and you will find threads of unbelief because I find both in my life. I find people who walk closely with the Lord and believe in him strongly. And I find people who struggle in their faith walk. I find both in my life. And you will find people who have close relationships with their family and people who struggle. And I hope that people will be asking, would I do what Peyton did or would I do something different? And that it prompts conversations and makes them think about what would my choices be? That's the kind of books I like to read. That's the kind of books I like to write, the kind that make me think about what would I do differently? What would I do the same? Hmm. I love that. Well, I hope that people will check it out. So when your book just released, right? It just came out uh, on the 8th of May. It came out May 8th. Yes. So it's been, it's brand new. And where can we find your book? Pretty much anywhere books are sold? Yes. Pretty much anywhere books are sold. Or you can check out my website, bethvote.com. And bethvote.com, your last name isn't isn't uh, an ordinary vote, right? <laughs> it's V O G T. V O G T, yes. All right, everybody. So if you want to find out more about Beth and the books that she writes, if you're looking for some great summer reading, this is an opportunity for you to check out something brand new in bookstores. You can find out more about Beth at bethvotevogt.com. Beth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a joy to have you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Heidi. You're very welcome. Hey, everybody, I'm going to be in Richmond, Virginia this weekend speaking for the HEAV convention with a bunch of my friends. So if you're anywhere over there, come on out. I'd love to hug your neck. And one more thing before I go, I'm going to be bringing the oil ladies back again to share with you how to use essential oils and how to care for yourselves. You guys remember my friend, Dr. Edie Wadsworth from Life in Grace. She's going to be coming back. My friend Candace Crabtree and my assistant, Melissa Crabtree, are all going to be offering live videos all week long teaching about non-toxic products, oils, makeup, essential oils. They're my jam. You guys know this. A bunch of you see me traveling with them on this, <laughs> this season. So we had a great time at our class in March, and I know you're going to love it again. So you can go to my Facebook page, and you will see it linked by the groups that are hosted on my page. And again, the date for that is June 6 to 12. It's Essential Oils for the Busy Moms. Join me. We're going to have some fun. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you back here for Mailbox Monday on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.